About three days before Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, he was having dinner at the White House with some friends and his wife. Warren Lamont was one of those friends, and he told the story. They were having dinner, and after dinner, Abraham Lincoln told the, the friends there and his wife, you know, about 10 days ago, I had a dream that disturbed me. They said, tell us about it. He said, well, it, it had been a, a long day, and, and I was tired, and I went to bed late, and I fell fast asleep, and immediately I began to dream. And in the dream, I heard people crying. They were sobbing uncontrollably, and I couldn't find them. I walked all through the White House. I went from room to room, and I could not find them. I, I would turn on the lights, and I knew the surroundings, but I couldn't tell what was breaking their hearts. I was puzzled. And finally, I walked into the east room of the White House, and I, I saw someone lying there. and looked like they had funeral clothes on. People were gathered around, and they were weeping, and they were looking at the body, and the guards, soldiers were there watching. And I walked up behind, and I looked, and I couldn't see who it was. And I asked one of the soldiers, uh, who, who is it? Who's dead? And he turned to me, and he said, the president, killed by an assassin. And whenever he said that, there was loud cries of bursting out, sobbing. And whenever they burst out, I woke up. My heart was beating fast and it bothered me. I know it was only a dream, but it bothered me. I couldn't sleep the rest of the night and that's been 10 days ago. And I've been disturbed ever since. Here is a sketch of Abraham Lincoln's dream. Have you ever had a dream that later came true? Let, let me ask you a better question. Have you ever had a dream 600 years later it came true? Well, Daniel did. The Old Testament prophet Daniel had a dream one night 600 years later it came true. And the remainder of it will soon come true. We're going through a sermon series right now entitled The Ancient of Days, and we're going through the book of Daniel, one chapter per Sunday. And for the first six chapters of Daniel, it's historic. Uh, it traces four Hebrew teenagers, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, taken out of, of bondage in, in Israel and taken to Babylon. And so it traces their story. But starting in chapter 7 of Daniel, from Daniel 7 to the rest of the chapter is his dream. One night he fell asleep and was dreaming. And the rest of it's his dream. Chapter 7 that we're in this morning is the peak. It is the summit of his dream. And we're going to look at that this morning. Read with me a portion of that dream in verse 9. As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. 
His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. And a stream of fire issued and came out before him. A thousand thousand served him. And ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment. And the books were opened. Go to verse 13. I saw in the night visions. And behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. This morning I want us to look at at Daniel's dream. So first of all, let's look at the background of the dream. Fast forward for a while and we're going to see the background of the dream. A lot of moving parts. It was Easter morning. The women, Jesus' followers, went to the tomb to anoint his body and complete his body for burial. But as they were going to the tomb, they were alarmed and they were bothered. Whenever they got there, it was not quite sunrise. It was still a little dark, is what the Bible tells us. They got to the tomb, and whenever they had left on Friday, the stone had been rolled in front of the mouth of the tomb there in the cave and sealed. But when they arrived on Easter morning, the tomb was rolled away, and immediately they were alarmed. Mary Magdalene spoke up and said, Grave robbers, I knew it. And she ran to get Peter and John. And she ran to Peter and John and said, Peter and John, someone has stolen his body and robbed the grave. Now those of you who are critics out there, should have noticed something. They were not expecting a resurrection. She wasn't. Peter and John were not. They said, grave robbers. The other women stayed at the tomb when Mary Magdalene left. They didn't go in. They're just wondering, why is the stone rolled away? And all of a sudden, immediately, sitting on top of the, the stone that was rolled away was an angel. And said, greetings. Who are you looking for? If you're looking for Jesus, he's not here. He's resurrected. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. And they were stunned. And the angel said, go tell his disciples he's alive. And they they were frozen for a moment. The Bible says finally they collected themselves and they ran to tell the other disciples Jesus is alive. In the meantime, Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John come back. And so they arrive at the tomb. Peter gets there first. He runs in. He's the first one to actually walk into the tomb, looks, and sees grave clothes that are unwound and lying there. And he did not believe a resurrection. He didn't know what happened. Maybe, just maybe someone stole the body and took the time to unwrap everything before they left with it. Took him naked. 
He didn't know what happened. But the Bible says John walked in next and looked, and immediately when he saw the grave clothes, collapsed on themselves, not unwound, collapsed on themselves, he immediately believed resurrection. He did it as he said he would. I know it. So Peter and John ran out of the tomb and they went to tell the other disciples. And as they went and to tell the other disciples, Mary stayed there looking and decided to walk in for herself. So she walks in, looks at the tomb, and there where his feet were and there where his head was, two angels and someone she feels coming up behind her. And so she turns and looks out of the tomb and she thought it was the gardener tending the garden. And she said, Sir, if you know what they've done with the body, please tell me. I'll go get it. I'll bring it back. Just tell me. And the voice said, Mary! And she recognized that voice as Jesus and said, Lord. And he said, Mary, go tell my disciples I'm alive. And just about that time, the other women were gathering. They came back to the tomb. The disciples had stayed away. And so now it's just all women around the tomb. And they get there. And Jesus, as they're walking up, said, Greetings. What is that? Hey, how is everybody? And they're stunned. And he said, I'm alive. Go tell my disciples, meet me in Galilee. About 90 miles away. Meet me in Galilee. I'll see them there later. And they left. Over the course of the next 40 days, we have what the Bible called post-resurrection appearances. For 40 days, Jesus would appear to people at different times. Later that afternoon, he appeared to Peter. We don't know what it was about. Luke 24, 34 tells us he made a special appearance to Peter. I'm just kind of guessing that maybe because Peter was the last one to deny him, and he wanted to seek him out and say, Peter, you're forgiven. And then a Sunday afternoon of, of, of Easter morning, he walked with two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus joined them along the way. And they realized it was him when they sat down to eat together. Maybe it's the prince in his hand. He said he broke the bread and gave it to them. They noticed, oh, it's Jesus. And he disappeared. And then that night, Easter night, the disciples, it had been a crazy day, stories of the resurrection. They'd seen him with their eyes. They're huddled inside the upper room and they're frightened to death. Frightened that the word of resurrection will get around and, and the Roman authorities will come for them next and they're scared. And so they huddle in the upper room, they lock the door and Jesus walked through the walls and appeared. And they went, and he said, it's okay, peace. I'm not a ghost, it's me, I'm alive. Look, my hands the nail prints. It's not me. Does a ghost have flesh and bones? I'm, I'm just like you. And they're stunned. And then he said, got anything to eat? And they had some broiled fish. 
And they gave it to him, and they watched him eat to prove he wasn't a ghost. He consumed the food. But Thomas wasn't there. So, for the next week and for the next 40 days, Jesus made one appearance after another. One week later, the disciples once again were huddled in the upper room. This time Thomas was with them. And Jesus again appeared through the walls just to make an appearance to Thomas and said, Thomas, I heard a week ago that you're not going to believe the resurrection unless you see the prince and see the wound in my side. Well, here you go, Thomas. And Thomas gave one of the greatest affirmations of deity in all of Scripture when he looked at Jesus and said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, you're blessed because you've seen. But blessed are those people who've not seen, but yet believe. And then over the course of 35 more days, Jesus made one appearance after another. One time, the Bible said, he appeared to 500 people at once. We have probably close to 500 here. Everybody saw him at once. I believe the reason he appeared to 500 at once, later on, theories began to develop that the disciples were hallucinating, that Jesus never really did rise from the dead. They just wanted him so badly to be alive that all the disciples hallucinated that they saw him. But whenever he appeared to 500 people at once and they all saw him, you know it was no hallucination. Groups don't hallucinate, individuals do. And they knew he was alive. And then he appeared to James, his half-brother. And then the disciples, while they were fishing on the Sea of Galilee in John 21, and then they went up to a mountain in Galilee, and Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples. And then came the ascension. The ascension. Jesus took his disciples up to the Mount of Olives, took them to Bethany, and he ascended before them. But as they got there, he was telling them all things, and the Bible said that he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Why would he do that? Well, in the Old Testament, whenever the disciples, or rather the, uh, the, the Israelites, would, would have the, the, the sacrifice, after the sacrifice was complete, the priest would look at the people, hold his hands up, bless the people, and say, now go be the people of God. And the sacrifice wasn't complete to the ascension. And so Jesus, standing before them, lifted his hands and blessed the people. And then the disciples looked at him and said, Lord, is it time? Is it time? Time for what? Is it time to restore Israel? Is it time for the kingdom to come? And Jesus said, that's not for you to know the times and seasons. Let me tell you your job. Your job until I get back is to go. Go into all the world and tell them who I am. Teach them everything that I have taught you. Make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and I'll come back when it's time. And as Jesus is telling them this, the Bible says, while they were looking on, right before their very eyes, he begins to levitate. He begins to levitate and he begins to go up in the sky and they're watching like, whoa. And, and, and all of a sudden he gets so far up and clouds come underneath him and clouds carry him up and they're watching as clouds carry him all the way to the heavens till they can't see anymore. 
Their mouths are open. And an angel appears and says, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking up with your mouths open? The same Jesus that ascended is going to come back in the same manner to get you. And Jesus, taken up by clouds, is now in heaven. Go back 600 years now to Daniel's dream. Daniel's dream. One night, 600 years earlier, Daniel went, lay down to go to sleep. Whenever he fell asleep, he began to dream. He dreamed that the wind started blowing. It started blowing in from the north and started blowing in from the south. And then the side winds, the cross winds came from the east and from the west. And it started blowing hard. And he saw the Mediterranean Sea, what's called the Great Sea in Scripture. And it started blowing the wind, all, blowing the water so much so it just starts stirring it. And in his dream he's watching and out of this stirring waters pops up four beasts. One, two, three, four. And he looks at them. And the first one looks like a lion. But he has wings. And Daniel said, as I'm, as I'm watching this first beast, someone walked over and plucked out his wings, and he's wingless now. And the lion on all fours stands up on his back feet and stands there and looks at me like a man. And then I go to the second beast, and it looks like a bear. And, and that bear has in his mouth three ribs, and he's kind of leaned over to one side. He's got three ribs, and there's flesh hanging off the ribs. And I hear a voice that says, eat some more flesh, keep eating it. And I started to look at the third beast, and it looked like a leopard. And it had wings too, but these looked like bird wings. And this leopard had four heads. And in every one of those heads, the leopard is chewing on something. He's chewing on dominion. And then he said, I looked at the fourth beast, and it was nothing like I'd ever seen. Didn't look like any animal I'd ever seen. It was terrifying and it was strong and it was imposing. It's large and it had iron teeth and ten horns. And as I was watching, an eleventh little smaller horn popped out and it had human eyes looking everywhere. It started to talk. And then Daniel said, I realized that these beasts are the four coming kingdoms of the world. And every beast has inside of its mouth dominion. Okay, the, the lion is Babylon. And the bear is, that's the Medes and the Persians. They were a slow-moving, crunching army. That's why the ribs and just the slow devouring of the flesh. And then the third one, the leopard, that's Alexander the Great. That's the Greek kingdom to come. And the last beast that is so imposing is the Roman Empire. 
And I saw these next four kingdoms of the world. And then I saw every kingdom of, of all the world for the rest of time. And every one of them had dominion. And you know, today, it's still true. The great powers of the world have dominion. In fact, last June, the International Strategic Analysis called ISA calculated today the 25 most powerful nations in the world. They had seven factors that they, that they gauged them by, economics and demographics and their military and their resources and politics and culture and technology and put all those together and they came up with the 25 most powerful nations. Here are the top seven. The seventh most powerful nation today is the United Kingdom. They were the most powerful in the late 19th century and early 20th, but no more. Number six is France, primarily because of their influence with the European Union. Number five is Japan, primarily because of their large economy. Number four is Russia, because of their natural resources and because of their military. Number three is India, because of their economy and their population. China is number two, because of their technology and their military. And you know, the most powerful nation in the world today, number one, is the USA. It was the most powerful since the early 20th century, but according to their metrics, their, our power peaked in 1990, and we've been decreasing in power ever since. So Daniel in his dream saw all the kingdoms of the world and their power, and every one of them had dominion. But as he's watching, something interesting happened. Somebody walked over to the beast and took dominion and ripped it out of its mouth. And as soon as the dominion is ripped away, he said, I looked, and the scene shifted in my dream. And now it's a courtroom. I looked. Here's the judge's seat. That's where the accused is. And that's called the chairs there. He said, I looked, and activity began in the courts of heaven. And I watched to see what would happen. And they started pushing in thrones. They pushed in two of them. And as they were pushing in the thrones, I noticed that their, their wheels were on fire. The, the wheels were burning as they pushed the thrones, two of them, and set them into place. And he said, I'm watching. Back in Eastern, uh, Eastern ancient monarchs would have thrones on wheels and these wheels, they were burning. And he said, I'm watching. And all of a sudden, in the courts of heaven, there are two figures that appear to take the thrones. He said, I watched. And the first one sat on his throne, and he was called the Ancient of Days. It's God. God's the Ancient of Days. And I looked at him. Who? He looked majestic. His hair was white. And his clothing looked like wool, bright. And the wheels were still burning as he sat on the throne. And I was watching. 
And all of a sudden, as I'm watching a brilliant, majestic display of his splendor like a bright light and fire shot out of the throne, not just a poof and it ends, it's a stream, it's like a river of fire, which means judgment. And then he did something as I watched. He went over to all of those beasts and he took dominion out of their mouths and ripped it and he had all the dominion now and he held them in his hands. And then he said, I, I looked and there was a figure taking the second throne and his name was the Son of Man. And I noticed as I watched that this throne, clouds were bringing him down and clouds seated him on the throne. Hold on a second. Do you remember the ascension? When Jesus left, clouds came to get him and clouds took him away. And now Daniel sees clouds seat the resurrected Christ on his throne. And he said, it's the Son of Man. When Jesus was on earth, 84 times he's called in 80 different verses, the Son of Man. That's the most common phrase he used for himself. He didn't call himself Lord or Savior or Son of God. He called himself more than anything else, Son of Man. And now seated in heaven is the Son of Man. And he said, as I'm watching, it's interesting, I'm looking, and, and the Ancient of Days takes all the dominion he'd taken from all these beasts, he's got them in his hands, and he goes over to the other throne, and he gives all the dominion to the resurrected Son of Man. And now, he has the dominion. You may be wondering about this word so far, dominion. It is the key word of the ages. It's the key word of Daniel, used 12 times. It's the key word of the Bible, used 55 times. 49 times the Old Testament, 6 in the New Testament. New Testament, every time it tells dominion, it says Jesus is holding it all. Yes, that's what Daniel saw. And the word dominion literally means under your feet. No one's above him. In the New Testament, the word dominion is also translated master. Another place it's translated Lord. The Son of Man is holding all of the dominion. And Dan Daniel said, I looked and I noticed people praising him. People falling on their faces, and he's holding all the dominion. It's the resurrected Christ, and it's his dominion, and it will be his dominion never to end, never to be given to another beast, never given to another kingdom, and he will have dominion. It will never be destroyed forever and ever and ever. And in my dream, it ended with the Son of Man holding dominion because he defeated death. And, you know, folks, we could end the sermon right there and just say, praise God, resurrected Jesus has all dominion. Let's go home. But Daniel saw one more thing. 
one more thing. He said, I was, I was looking. And I noticed a courtroom scene. And books were opened. Before the Ancient of Days and before the Son of Man. Three times in the Bible, books are mentioned in heaven. One is called the Book of the Living. Psalm 69 talks about it. That's just a record of everybody who's alive on the earth. Second time it's mentioned is in Malachi 4.16, where it talks about the Book of Remembrances, where there's a book where everything that we have done, God records symbolically. And then there's a third book called the Book of Life. And the Book of Life is mentioned uh, once in the Old Testament, mentioned seven times in the, in the book of Revelation. And Revelation 20, verse 15 tells us it describes the same scene, and it says that the dead, small and great, will stand before Jesus, before His dominion, and, and everyone who is not in the Lamb's Book of Life is judged. John said it and Daniel said it. So, uh, I wonder what that will look like. Imagine with me. The courtroom scene is in session that Daniel saw. And you hear, Michael Davis! You look and a tall man in his 60s walks up. God said, Michael, why should you be allowed into my son's dominion? And he says, well, I, God, I, I know. I, I said I was an atheist. I know that. I really wasn't deep down. I know I gave your, your Christians a hard time, and I gave the church a hard time, and I know that, but I, I really, deep down, I really believed there was a higher power. I really believe that, and, and I, I tried to be fair. I was good to my wife. I made a good living, and I tried to be honest, and I tried to be a dependable friend. And the Ancient of Days says, depart from me. You never knew me. He's led away. Madison Chen. A thin young lady in her 20s walks up. Madison, what right do you have to be in this dominion? Well, you see, God, I, I always believed, I always believed in a higher being. And I just believe we could call you by different names. I, it didn't matter what what you believed, if you believed in you, I, I thought that was enough. And, and you know, God, everything progresses. I mean, life progresses, and I, I, just, I just thought your word was a little outdated, okay? And I just, I just believe every person has the right to determine their own identity and pronoun or whatever. I just believe that because I, I believe your word is just a little too restrictive and Jesus believing in you only I mean I, that was that was just a little too restrictive 
And I just believe everyone should find you on their own terms. So, Madison, it was more about you than me? I guess. Depart. Never knew you. Christopher Garcia, a man with a medium build in his 50s, walks up. Christopher, why, why should I let you in this dominion? Well, you know, God, I was, I was a little boy. I was probably seven or eight, and I went to vacation Bible school. And, you know, something moved me that day. And I talked to one of the teachers afterwards. And, and you know, they baptized me the next week. And, and I, I admit, God, nothing really changed. I mean, I was still the same person. And I, I, I would go to church every now and then. I wasn't against you, God. I went, to, I went to Easter every now and then. And I wasn't against you. I really wasn't. And I know, just looking at me and looking at uh, the world, you couldn't tell a difference. I, I look just like an unbeliever as I live my life, and I know that. But life just got in the way, and I, I wasn't against you. I know, I had a little anger, and I drank more than I should, and I cursed more than I should. And I, I know, I know. I, I, I really am not against you. Christopher, depart from me. You never knew me. Jennifer Anderson, brown-headed lady in her 40s, walks up. Jennifer, why should I let you in this dominion? And she says, God, you shouldn't. I don't belong here. I'm a sinner. And you know, this is your son's dominion. He's perfect. I don't have any right to be here. But because I believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, and his righteousness was imputed to me, that's the only right I have. And God will say, welcome home, beloved child. Enter the joy of the Lord. Oh, preacher, you're trying to scare everybody. I didn't make this story up. Daniel did. And John did. I'm just thinking with you what it might look like. You see, friends, Easter is, is not about bunnies and eggs and new clothes and going to church and family gathering and having a meal. No, Easter's bigger than that. Easter is, is your response to the resurrected Jesus who holds all dominion in his hands. And one day, I will stand before him and be asked, Greg Ammons, what right do you have to be here? I have none. It's all because of Jesus. And folks, I hope one day, you will be allowed into that dominion. God, thank you today for your word and thank you for loving us enough to give us a preview of what's to come. 
Because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, everything's different. And God, I realize there are people who are live here with us. There are people watching online. They've never received you. And Father, if they were to stand before you today, they would here depart. But Lord, I just want to pray for those who need today to receive you, your son, his dominion as theirs. Lord, would you give them the courage to make that decision to turn their life completely over to you. Father, I pray this next week, bring the vision of Daniel to our minds and help us to see you high, exalted, and lifted up. King of kings, having all dominion. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.